AFF on Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast is boarding. Step on board for the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Your captain, Matt Graham, now invites you to sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. G'day and welcome to episode 57 of AFF On Air and Happy Easter. It's Saturday the 3rd of April 2021. Coming up, 800,000 half-priced domestic flights have gone on sale to 15 regional destinations across Australia as part of the federal government's tourism support package. What to do about expiring Singapore Airlines' Chris Flyer miles... And later in the episode, we'll meet Sam Heathfield, who's responsible for Australian Frequent Flyer member support and does a lot of IT-related work behind the scenes at AFF. Sam has also been an active member of the AFF community since 2009, posting under the handle of SamH004. But first, let's begin with a roundup of the latest airline and frequent flyer news in Australia from the past fortnight. And firstly, Virgin Australia has removed complimentary snacks in economy class, replacing them with a buy-on-board food and drinks menu. Instead of a free snack, along with water or juice, economy passengers on Virgin will now just receive a complimentary water, tea or coffee. Additional snacks are available for purchase now and include packets of chips, Kit Kats or muffins for $5 each or instant noodles for $7.50. Drinks including soft drinks, beer, wine and spirits are also now available for purchase. Customers who had booked economy tickets on Virgin prior to the 25th of March when this change came into effect have been notified by email that they can still receive a complimentary snack by showing a copy of that email to the cabin crew. Flyers who have done this have reported receiving a free packet of mixed seeds and nuts. In the pointy end of the plane, though, Virgin has relaunched its business class product with a brand new fresh menu. Instead of pre-packaged snack boxes, business class passengers now enjoy a choice of proper hot and cold meals, which include things like lamb and rosemary pies, ham and scrambled egg brioche, a halloumi and quinoa salad, or smashed avocado on sourdough. Virgin has also brought back pre-departure sparkling wine, which is served in proper glasses. And Virgin is also now the only Australian airline to offer spirits in business class, which are available alongside a range of other premium drinks. Qantas stopped serving spirits when COVID-19 started and has not resumed doing this in their business class. Virgin's frequent flyer program Velocity, meanwhile, also revealed this week that Gold and Platinum members who qualified for a status extension by booking at least one Virgin Australia flight before the 28th of March will now receive up to an 18-month extension instead of 12 months. Virgin originally promised to extend the status of eligible members until the end of March 2022, but those members will now receive another extension in September, meaning they'll get to keep their velocity status until at least the end of September 2022. Alaska Airlines has joined Qantas and many other airlines in the One World Alliance, officially joining this week. Alaska Airlines was already a Qantas frequent flyer partner, but you'll now also be able to earn Qantas status credits when flying with Alaska Airlines, in addition to just Qantas points. And Qantas Silver, Gold, Platinum and Platinum One members will now receive reciprocal One World status benefits when flying with Alaska Airlines. You'll also be able to use Alaska Airlines flights as part of a One World Classic flight reward booking, which is commonly known as the One World Award, and that's the one that can be used to fly around the world using Qantas points. 
but there are still a few teething problems. For example, Alaska Airlines sells its premium cabin as first class on domestic flights. And although this has been reclassified as business class in terms of the reshuffling of fare classes, Qantas is still charging full first class prices when redeeming awards on Alaska Airlines on the Qantas website. This will eventually be fixed, but it hasn't uh, happened just yet. Eventually, you'll also be able to redeem Alaska Airlines mileage plan miles on all One World flights, but this won't be implemented for another few months. Alaska Airlines has quite a lot of partner airlines outside of the One World Alliance, including Emirates, and it looks like these will remain. However, Alaska Airlines miles can no longer be used to book Emirates first class award flights as of this week. Alaska Airlines is a largely domestic and regional airline based in Seattle in the United States East Coast. And as well as obviously a lot of flights to Alaska, the airline does serve many mainland US domestic routes and flies to a few destinations in Hawaii, Canada and the Caribbean. Alaska is the second US airline to join the One World Alliance after American Airlines, and the two US members will also introduce additional reciprocal benefits, including upgrades, for frequent flyers of both of those airlines when travelling on either carrier. Low-cost airline Jetstar revealed last month that it's now back to operating up to 90% of pre-COVID domestic capacity in Australia. Prior to the Brisbane lockdown this week, it even predicted that it could exceed 100% of pre-COVID passenger numbers during the upcoming Easter travel period. With demand returning, Jetstar CEO Gareth Evans told a Kappa Live event in March that there's a renewed level of optimism now in Australia, and one of the first things people want to do is visit loved ones or take a holiday. Jetstar has observed that the demand for flights to leisure destinations within Australia, where borders are open, is now actually higher than it was before COVID-19. Demand for business travel has not yet returned to pre-COVID levels, though, and may not for some time. Gareth Evans also noted that where borders are closed or where there are travel restrictions, bookings are practically zero. But with Jetstar predominantly targeting leisure travellers anyway, and borders now starting to reopen, this bodes well for the low-cost carrier's business model. As well as increasing flights on existing routes, Jetstar is launching three new routes, and it's actively looking to add even more destinations in line with demand. Direct flights from Melbourne to Hamilton Island started this week, And in May, Jetstar will start Sydney to Harvey Bay direct flights. Melbourne to Bustleton flights will commence in June. Jetstar is also considering bringing a few of its Boeing 787 Dreamliners out of storage to operate on domestic routes where demand is particularly high. This would not only add capacity, but also allow some of Jetstar's 787 pilots, engineers and cabin crew to return to work in preparation for international borders reopening. Qantas expects to be operating around 80% of its pre-COVID capacity over Easter, meanwhile, and Virgin is up to around 70%. Unfortunately, or perhaps positively, depending on your point of view, the ramp-up in domestic flying, though, has seen the return of domestic red-eye flights. Over the past year, Australia's airlines have had a surplus of planes, so they didn't really need to use them 24 hours a day. But with more flights now back in the air and roughly the same number of planes available to operate them, airlines are now under pressure to increase their fleet utilisation. And that means that those dreaded short overnight flights from Perth and Darwin to East Coast destinations that depart between around 11pm and 2am are back. A three-day lockdown in Brisbane this week has unfortunately disrupted many Easter holiday plans, though, and sadly saw the end of a 12-day streak with no domestic border closures anywhere in Australia, as all states and territories rushed to impose some new level of restrictions on travel from Brisbane. Western Australia went a step further by imposing a hard border on the entire state of Queensland. 
Western Australia's hard border with Queensland does still remain in place and probably will for a few more weeks. But at the time of recording this podcast, some other states have now eased travel restrictions again for people arriving from Brisbane. At the time of recording, there are no longer any restrictions on travel from Brisbane to New South Wales, the ACT or the Northern Territory, and Brisbane has now been downgraded from a red zone to an orange zone for the purposes of travel to Victoria, meaning you can now enter Victoria if you've been to Brisbane in the last 14 days, but you will need to get a COVID-19 test and self-isolate just until you receive a negative result. Rex will challenge the Qantas monopoly on the Sydney to Canberra route by launching up to seven return flights per day from the 19th of April. Rex will fly from Sydney to Canberra using a Saab 340 turboprop aircraft, which have about 34 seats, and fares are on sale from $99. Rex also says it plans to build a new lounge at Canberra Airport later this year. Prior to COVID-19, Virgin Australia had operated up to nine daily return flights between Canberra and Sydney using its regional ATR-72 planes, but Virgin has since retired its ATR-72s, and it's now left with Boeing 737s, which are largely too big to serve the Canberra-Sydney route, at least at the same level of frequency that it used to. Virgin had previously planned to restart Canberra to Sydney flights in February with two daily Boeing 737-700 services. But that route relaunch has since been pushed back multiple times. Virgin's schedule now indicates that direct Sydney Canberra flights are due to start again at the end of July. And economy tickets on this uh, route are now on sale. But Virgin is currently scheduling uh, nine daily ATR-72s to operate this route from the end of July, which obviously isn't going to happen because Virgin no longer has those planes in its fleet. This week, Rex has also commenced Boeing 737 flights from Melbourne, Adelaide, Melbourne to Gold Coast and Sydney to the Gold Coast, as well as Saab 340 flights from Sydney to Port Macquarie and Coffs Harbour. The Sydney to Coffs Harbour route was already served by both Qantas Link and Virgin Australia, but Virgin Australia will next week withdraw from Coffs Harbour just a week after Rex entered the market. And if that's any indication of what's to come for the Sydney to Canberra route, Virgin may not return to that either. A group of Australians still stranded overseas have filed legal action against the Australian government with the UN Human Rights Committee. These Australians, who are represented by Geoffrey Robertson QC, say the federal government has arbitrarily breached their right to return to the land of their birth or citizenship. The group says that they're willing to comply with all quarantine requirements, but that the low international arrival caps have made it impossible for them and tens of thousands of other Australians to actually board flights home. It comes as Queensland halved its intake of overseas arrivals earlier this week, initially for two weeks, while it deals with the local outbreak in Brisbane. Victoria, though, will next week resume accepting international arrivals for the first time since February, and the Howard Springs quarantine facility in the Northern Territory is in the process of being expanded. But the current quarantine capacity in Australia is still totally inadequate compared to the number of Australians trying to return home. American Express has replaced its limited-time shop small promotions with a year-round initiative which it says will further support small businesses. Amex Shop Small will now be available every day, but it will work a bit differently. Instead of getting a limited number of cashback offers when spending at participating small businesses, Amex cardholders will instead be offered three extra points per dollar spent at all participating small businesses over the next year. Thousands more businesses are also now participating in Shop Small, including all merchants that process transactions using Square payment terminals. 
In total, Amex cardholders will now be able to earn up to 40,000 extra points until the 31st of March 2022 by spending at small businesses through the new Shop Small program, but supplementary cardholders won't be able to register for this offer. Virgin Australia has resumed actively weighing hand luggage to ensure passengers aren't flouting the 7kg carry-on limit. Virgin is now randomly checking carry-on bags at boarding gates at some airports, including Melbourne and Sydney, as well as when passengers check in. And business class passengers and Velocity Platinum and Gold members are not immune, as these checks are also taking place in the priority queues. The new procedure appears to have caught some passengers by surprise, but others have praised the airline for enforcing the rules. Although some uh, low-cost airlines use baggage checks as an ancillary revenue opportunity, including Jetstar, there are some genuine issues with passengers bringing on carry-on luggage in excess of the allowance. Qantas in 2018, for example, implemented a similar hand luggage crackdown, citing workplace health and safety um, issues for their cabin crew. And as overhead locker space is limited, there simply isn't enough room for everyone's bags when passengers blatantly flout the limits and the flights are full. In cases where a Virgin customer's carry-on bag is found to exceed the limit, it will need to be checked in. If the customer hasn't yet fully used their full checked baggage allowance, there's no charge for this. However, an excess fee may apply to passengers who've already used their full checked baggage allowance. Jetstar, as I said, is also actively weighing passengers' hand luggage and finds passengers who are over the limit. Rex is also actively weighing passengers' hand luggage at check-in. Qantas ran its first double status credits promotion for the year last week with double status credits offered on all Qantas domestic flights for bookings made between the 25th and the 30th of March this year. By the time you'll be listening to this, the offer has unfortunately expired, so I'm not going to run through the offer details here, but we did highlight the offer in the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette last week, and you can find all the details if you're interested by clicking through to that article, which you'll find in the episode notes. Major changes to the Malaysia Airlines Enrich Frequent Flyer program came into effect this week. Enrich Miles have been renamed to Enrich Points and are now earned based on the amount that you pay for your airfare. In general, this means you'll earn far fewer points when flying with Malaysia Airlines, but the number of points required for a reward, surprise surprise, has not changed. Malaysia Airlines has also changed the way status is earned, with elite points now required to earn status. Elite points are based on the class of travel and the length of the flight, but under the new Enrich program, you won't earn any more elite points for buying a more expensive flexible airfare. And Qantas has launched its limited edition centenary beer brewed by James Squire. The Qantas Centenary Edition Australian Lager is now available for free in Qantas lounges and on Qantas flights, including an economy class, and it's served either in a commemorative souvenir can or with a special coaster. Containing 4.2% alcohol, AFF members have described the beer as drinkable and slightly bitter, but nothing special. That's what's making news on australianfrequentflyer.com.au this fortnight. You can stay up to date between podcasts by subscribing to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette to get the latest Frequent Flyer news straight to your inbox for free every Monday and Thursday morning. At midnight on the 1st of April, the first batch of 800,000 half-price flights to be subsidised by the federal government went on sale. It's all part of the Tourism Aviation Network Support Program, or TANS. And so far, the TANS program has proven popular, which is sure to make struggling tourism operators want to dance. More than 100,000 tickets were sold in the first day alone under this scheme. 
And it doesn't really surprise me much because when I logged onto the Qantas and Virgin websites just after midnight on Thursday morning, those websites were clearly struggling with the huge volume of traffic. And the Jetstar website, in fact, had so much traffic going into it that it kicked me out and put me into a queue a few times. Indeed, there are some exceptional deals available at the moment too. For example, Jetstar is now selling flights on the Avalon to Adelaide route for just $32 one way. Jetstar also has Sydney to Avalon fares for $34, and there's Sydney to Launceston for $49, Hobart to Adelaide for $54, Brisbane to Darwin for $82, and Sydney to Cairns for $83. You can even go from one side of the country to the other, Perth to Cairns, for $108 on Jetstar, just to give you a few examples of what's available at the moment. Jetstar bundles bought as part of the half-off flight sale are also now being sold for half price. And that means that you can book a ticket from Avalon to Adelaide for $32 and add on a max bundle for just $42.50. And as well as all the other benefits you get and the flight to Adelaide, you'd earn 1,200 Qantas points and 20 status credits. Uh, That's quite a low price to get 20 status credits. Qantas also has some pretty decent full-service airfares available at the moment, such as Adelaide to Kangaroo Island for $80, Melbourne to Devonport for $89, Canberra to the Gold Coast for $95, Adelaide to Alice Springs $135, and Perth to Hobart for $190. Virgin Australia also has, for example, Melbourne to Launceston for $55, Sydney to the Sunshine Coast for $70, Adelaide Gold Coast for $90, or Melbourne to Hamilton Island for $103. And Qantas has also launched an everywhere else sale to all of the domestic destinations that are not covered by the government's half-price flight scheme. Now, that's running till the 8th of April, and it means until then, the entire country is basically on sale. So now's a great time to be buying domestic tickets. So how exactly does this TANS program work and how can you get one of the half-price tickets? Well, the half-price tickets firstly are being sold directly through the airline's websites. So, And you can also book through a travel agent if you prefer, but if you go onto the Qantas Virgin or Jetstar websites, the half-off flights are being quite clearly marked uh, when you book online. So, And how it works, basically, you pay half the cost to the airline and the federal government will give the other half directly to the airline. And this whole program is designed to be a bit of a uh, subsidy for the airlines, but also to help struggling tourism operators in the targeted regional destinations. And these tickets will be on sale until the 31st of July or until sold out. And what I suspect will happen is that the the, the most interesting destinations will get sold out quite quickly, but there might still be a few tickets left up until the end on the 31st of July to some of the less popular destinations. Uh, And the scheme covers travel dates up until the end of September this year. Now, only interstate flights are eligible, although there is one exception, and that's flights from Adelaide to Kangaroo Island, which are half price under this scheme. So as I mentioned, it covers 15 specific regional destinations, basically flights to or from interstate flights to or from these destinations are all available for half price as long as there's seats available. And those destinations are in Queensland. So we we have Cairns, Gold Coast, the Whitsundays, which includes Proserpine and Hamilton Island and the Sunshine Coast. In the Northern Territory, we have Darwin, Uluru and Alice Springs. Tasmania has Launceston, Devonport and Burnie, although Rex is the only airline flying to Burnie and I haven't actually seen any half-price flights available to Burnie yet, although Rex says that they'll be coming soon. In Victoria, we have Avalon, which is near Geelong. Um, In Western Australia, Broome is, is included. In New South Wales, Marimbula on the south coast, the Sapphire Coast. 
And in South Australia, we have Adelaide and Kangaroo Island. So, I mean, there's a few big cities in there. Adelaide, Darwin, Cairns, Gold Coast are included, um, but also a lot of sort of more regional destinations and quite a few interesting places as well. I mean, they're all quite worthy um, destinations for a holiday. Of course, there are a few catches. Now, firstly, as I said, only a limited number of half-price seats are available on each flight, and some flights might not have any available at all. And there could be flights where the seats were available, but they're now already sold out. In the case of Qantas, for example, flights would need to have E-Class availability, that's E for Echo, uh, for those half-price seats to be available. So those those half-off flights are booking into E-Class. Now, that's the lowest fare class, and it's the first one to sell out if the flight is in high demand. There's also another slight catch with E-Class, which probably won't affect most people, but I'll just mention it. Um, E-Class fares on Qantas do not generally earn any points, miles, or status with um, frequent flyer programs other than Qantas frequent flyers. So if you're, for example, a Qatar Airways member or American Airlines Advantage member or British Airways Executive Club, you won't earn anything for Qantas E-Class flights. Now, there's also the question, though, of whether these flights are actually half price, because some airlines seem to have increased their regular fares on some of the routes just as the half price offer came into effect. If we take Rex's Melbourne to Adelaide route, for example, uh, which is eligible even though Rex only began flying the route this week. Now, before the 1st of April, Rex was selling tickets on most of its Melbourne Adelaide flights from uh, starting from $55 one way for an economy class seat. On the 1st of April, Rex then started selling seats which were supposedly half price for $59 one way. And Qantas Qantas also um, is now selling half price fares from Melbourne Adelaide. They're priced at $89 at half price. But last week, Qantas was selling tickets on that route for $109. So it's really only a $20 discount off what was available last week. And Virgin's supposedly half price fares from Melbourne Adelaide are $70, which is $3 more than the $67 tickets Virgin was selling last week. At least Virgin has been transparent, though, in letting us know how they've calculated the discount. With Virgin, the 50% off is based on the lead in Elevate fare price that was available last February. So fair enough. Still, there are plenty of good deals to be found. Even, for example, the $299 one-way Qantas fares from Sydney to Broome aren't that bad compared to the usual price of $509 or even more for a direct service on that route. Want to learn how to maximise the value in frequent flyer programs? If you're new to the frequent flyer points game or perhaps you'd like to perfect your travel hacking strategy, You may be interested in the Frequent Flyer training program offered by our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions. The Frequent Flyer Solutions training consists of 10 easy-to-follow online courses with topics including credit cards, earning, buying and redeeming points, airline status, hotel and supermarket loyalty programs, and how to find cheap flights. If you don't have hours to sift through online forums, the training explains clearly all of the tricks and strategies you need to know to make the most of your Frequent Flyer points and loyalty programs. For more information, visit frequentflyer.com.au. So if you're an Australian Frequent Flyer member and you ever have a problem with your account or you need to get in touch with AFF support, you'll probably be communicating with Sam Heathfield, who is not only the AFF support guy on AFF, but he's also um, an AFF member who goes up by the handle of Sam H 4 And he joins me now on AFF On Air. Welcome, Sam, to the podcast. Thank you. So, Sam, you're the, your support. We also have on AFF admin and editor 
who is me. And I, I know sometimes people get us confused. So maybe you could just run through what your role is and how that's different. Um, well, I mean, I suppose first off that they're all basically different user accounts. Um, so support and admin uh, are both administrators on the site. Um, we can access all the all the backend systems um, and as editor yourself, you you deal with all the articles and and those sorts of things. Yeah, that's right. So you know, I I, I deal with front facing community matters. If there's if people want to sign up for Qantas Club, if they want um, uh, deals on Expert Flyer, um, stuff like that. Um, but I also uh, try and keep the member database um, up to date and not a big mess in in the back. Yeah, so you're kind of our IT guru. And of course, the Qantas Club and the Expert Flyer discounts are, are available to AFF Gold members, which you're referring to there. Um, quite some quite good deals there. But uh, I know a lot of people uh, quite regularly send pe- send me emails, which are addressed to Sam. And I know you often get emails addressed to Matt, but we're different people, aren't we? Um, yes, and, and we live in different places and, and sometimes even uh, different countries. <laughs> That's right. So where do you live, Sam? Uh, I'm currently actually based, well, it's difficult, I've, I've just moved. I, I used to live on the Gold Coast, but I, I'm in the southeast Queensland area now, sort of in between the Gold Coast and Brisbane. Yeah, oh, well, that's a long way from Canberra where I live and also uh, quite a long way from Melbourne where Clifford, who's um, admin, lives as well. So, Sam, how did you initially get involved with Australian Frequent Flyer quite a few years ago, as I understand it? Um, yeah, so I discovered... AFF in 2009. Um, like quite a lot of members that um, have come to the site over the years, I was looking to score a deal on Qantas Club membership. Um, I saw some upcoming travel in my life and I wanted to be in the lounge and I, I didn't want to pay full price. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the same story as our moderator, Jessica Tam, who initially came for the Qantas Club discount and stayed for the wonderful community. You've um, got a bit of a British accent, I'm sure people will have noticed. What's your background? Where did you grow up and how did you come to Australia? Well, um, I was uh, born in London. I moved across to Hong Kong when I was one and a half. Um, My dad got a job at the uh, university there um, and my mum's a lawyer in Hong Kong. And um, I've lived in Hong Kong for most of my life. I, I grew up there, um, went to school there, um, did, did a bit of schooling in, in the UK in, in the middle. And then uh, my parents wanted to emigrate to Australia um, in their later years. So um, I was sort of the, the first wave. Um, I got citizenship first. Um, I did schooling um, here towards my later years. Um, and I've Pretty much been in Australia ever since, save for 2006 when I was in New Zealand. Okay, and as I understand it, like uh, you've done, you did quite a lot of travel as a child as well, um, which uh, might have had something to do with your interest in flying. Now, yes, um, I've probably logged a lot of hours in the air, um, flown all over the world, many many countries, um, not as many as you though, I, I might add, um, but. Uh, I've certainly been exposed to airline lounges and frequent uh, flyer schemes from a a young age and being in Australia with no status and um, no Qantas Club access uh, sort of 
spurned me to to purchase that first membership and um, take me down a different journey in Australia. Yeah, and you do now by now do you have lifetime gold status with Qantas? Uh, yes, so I, I achieved lifetime gold uh, last year, just at the start of the pandemic. I um I, I'd I'd pre-booked some some flights to Vietnam, um, taking one of the most indirect routes possible, which, if I recall, was something like Brisbane to Melbourne to Singapore to Kuala Lumpur to Hanoi to Hoi An, and return. Um, and, and I had a lovely, I had a lovely few days in Vietnam um, as the world was slowly locking down, and I got back just before the borders closed. But crucially, um, so long as Qantas continues flying, I've got my lifetime gold. <laughs> well, it's lifetime of the airline, not of your lifetime, as we've learned uh, from quite a few of the airlines who have gone defunct over the last little while. But uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be Qantas will still be around for quite a long time. Uh, and yeah, and you mentioned you, you originally came to AFF for the Qantas Club discount, but you've obviously stayed. Um, what do you enjoy most about being part of AFF and the community? From the very uh, beginning, I was eager to meet new people, and the community really is um, the the heart of AFF. Once you start to get to know members in in different cities and attend a few social events, you you really discover there's a lot more than just the best credit card or a good hotel deal. Quite often, the best deals might not be typed online just because they seem to vanish very quickly if they are. And, you you, you know, you, t- you attend a uh, social event and you'll end up hearing about something that maybe has been going on for a long time, uh, but because it hasn't been um, revealed online, it hasn't uh, disappeared yeah, and the, I think the networking at those AFF social events is is really excellent as well. And uh, it, there haven't been too many events, obviously, over the last year, but there are some starting to come back. There'll be one in Canberra and one in Adelaide in May. And I believe the gathering this year is going to be in Newcastle, and that'll be in um, October, I believe. So, uh, yeah, there, there are they are starting to come back now as um, we get into the, uh, well, hopefully out of the pandemic now, Sam, uh, when I've brought on other moderators and AFF staff members, I've asked them all um, the same group of questions about your favourite airlines and frequent flyer programs and things like that. So I wanted to ask you the same quick fire questions now. Are you ready? Yep, sure, yep. go for it. So firstly, what's your favourite airline? It's difficult. I, I, I've ha- I have thought about this, having heard or read other um, interviews, Um the one I'm flying the most is Qantas, so I'm I'm tempted to say Qantas, but prior to the pandemic, I'd flown on Malaysian Airlines a few times, uh, just just a few short hauls, and their service has always been incredible and, and even better in the lounge. So it's, it's sort of a mixed bag. It's either Qantas or Malaysian. Ooh, Malaysia does have really good satay. <laughs> mm. uh, it's a tough one. And what's your favorite frequent flyer program? Again, it's kind of like a, a slam dunk for Qantas just because they're my main frequent flyer program. I I don't really collect any points with anyone else, so it, it would be silly to, to name one of the others that I, I'm just not going to fly with. Yeah, I understand you also had Platinum 1 status for a little while um, a few years back. How did you earn that? Oh, that was, um, that was a fun time. That was back in um, <clears throat> the time of... Uh, Jasses, uh, which was a, a business any seat award, uh, a quirk of the old Qantas website, where you could book 
a classic flight award at well you could you could book an award at classic flight award rates and 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 earn points and status credits on it and i maximized that to its full potential during some double status credit promotions and ended up going on a few runs to karatha for about an hour <laughs> at a time and uh from the east coast and uh, yeah i got to p1 um i had a great time at p1 i i, I went to some Qantas events uh, they gave me a, a free uh a simulator ride um i I, I got tons of upgrades. I was really happy. It was good. Yeah. And I believe you also used comfort seats a fair bit to earn extra status credits. Indeed. Uh, comfort seats were probably a few years before um, Platinum One. I was flying a, a lot around regional Queensland on, on Dash 8s. And I found that I could um, phone up and book a comfort seat, which is uh, an extra seat that you earn the full points and the full status credits on. Um, for about 50% of the base fare. And um, during sales, it became incredibly lucrative. Uh, I, if I recall, I think it was at the time where there was a bit of a price war between Qantas and Virgin. So prices were in, insanely good. Mm, mm. And, I mean, it's it's less expensive than buying a flex fare, and you still get the twice as many status credits and a free seat next to you. So it's, it yeah, definitely can work out well when there's a sale on. Uh, now, Sam, the next question for you is, what's your favorite destination to visit? Um, I've always loved family holidays in Queenstown, New Zealand. Mm, mm, absolutely. Do you, have you ever been down skiing there? Uh, yes. Uh, we, we always used to go down in the winter. Um, uh, my parents have some uh, rental properties there that they... I don't know, the rent out whenever. Um, and so, so when we're in town, we just get to use them. Um, and yeah, uh, skiing has been a big, big part of my life. Um, we, we went there once in the summer, which was very beautiful as well. Um, but uh, winter was more fun. <laughs> nice. And do you have a favorite credit card? Uh, yes, currently it's my American Express Platinum Charge. Um, unfortunately, not everywhere takes the <laughs> the Amex, but um, I try to use it as many places as I can and um, cream as many points as I can. And is there a particular airline or frequent flyer program promotion that you've used which you think was the most lucrative? Uh, yes. Um, a, f- a few years ago, I-, I think around 2015 or so, but I can't be certain, there was a mistake uh, fare to Japan from uh, Brisbane. It it was a, a points booking, and um, I believe it was twenty four thousand uh, points one way, forty eight thousand return, or, or thereabouts, um, plus very low taxes in business. And um, uh, Qantas honoured it, and it, it was it was a. It was really, really good. Yeah, 24,000 Qantas points for Qantas business class from Brisbane to Narita is an excellent deal. Um, And, yeah, unfortunately, it was available for about, I think, an evening, and then it got taken down the next morning because it was obviously a mistake. But (laughs) glad to know that they honoured that. Um, And finally, do you have just a number one tip in general for travellers? The the big tip goes straight back to... AFF being such a social place. When you attend events, 
and and get to know the various members from around the country, this border restrictions, you know, notwithstanding, you'll quite often be told of deals that they haven't posted online because they don't want them to disappear. And it's it's through those social gatherings that you're gonna you're probably gonna find uh, the best information. Well, Sam Heathfield is also support on AFF. It's good to know a bit more about you, and thanks for coming on the AFF on Air podcast. No worries. Thank you. Hope you found that interview interesting. Before I go this fortnight, I've been getting a lot of questions lately from Australian frequent flyer members with Singapore Airlines' Chris Flyer Miles, who are worried about their miles expiring. The Singapore Airlines' Chris Flyer program in most respects is a great frequent flyer program, but unfortunately it's also one of the few remaining frequent flyer programs around the world with a fixed, hard three-year expiry of miles. That means that all Chris Flyer miles expire three years after you earn them. Now that's not really a long time anyway, but it makes the program almost unusable if you live in Australia at least, during a pandemic when borders are closed and most opportunities to redeem Chris Flyer miles are not available at the moment. So yeah, I've received a lot of questions from AFF members who have Chris Flyer miles that are due to expire soon and they're wondering what to do. Now of course it would be extremely helpful if Singapore Airlines changed its policy so that miles only expired if your account has no activity. I mean under the current system it would even without the pandemic it would be almost impossible for your average Chris Flyer member to save up for any sort of meaningful reward because the miles just keep expiring every three years. But failing that, this is what I would suggest if this applies to you. Now firstly, Singapore Airlines has at least been extending the validity of miles due to imminently expire throughout the pandemic. At the moment, miles that are due to expire by the end of June 2021 are having their validity extended by six months, so this may apply to you. If you have miles due to expire in July, though, or beyond then, this isn't all that helpful given that international borders are unlikely to be open again by then. But there is a reasonable chance that Singapore Airlines might announce further extensions in the coming months. So far, they've been doing this throughout the pandemic just month by month or every few months announcing a little bit of an extension at a time. So when June comes around or towards the end of June, I would just check to see if there's been any further announcements made by then. Now, Singapore Airlines does offer the possibility also to pay to extend the validity of expiring miles by six months. The price is um, you can pay 1,200 Chris Flyer miles or 12 US dollars for every 10,000 Chris Flyer miles that you pay to extend. Now, you get that, as I said, for six months, although if you happen to have Chris Flyer Elite Silver or Gold status, that same fee applies, but you get to extend your miles for a full 12 months. Now, I wouldn't recommend doing this just yet because, um, as we, as I just said, Singapore Airlines may extend them anyway. And also, if you have a lot of miles, it could get quite expensive to pay this fee. It's not exactly cheap, although this can be used as a last resort. Failing all that, though, you could choose to book a reward flight for travel up to a year in advance. Singapore Airlines lets you redeem Chris Flyer miles to travel up to 355 days in advance, so just under 12 months out. And hopefully 12 months from now, the borders will be open again, so that could be an option. Alternatively, it is also possible to redeem Chris Flyer miles for Virgin Australia domestic flights. And in fact, award availability on Virgin Australia is generally pretty good, and the number of Chris Flyer miles needed for many rewards is quite reasonable. In fact, there's even a sweet spot if you happen to live in somewhere like Adelaide or Hobart, you can go all the way to Cairns and back for 42,000 Chris Flyer miles in business class, and you can even get a free stopover on a round trip award booking. 
So that could absolutely be an option if you're looking to, for a way to use your Chris Flyer miles within Australia. So for now, I wouldn't panic too much. Um, as I said, no Chris Flyer miles are going to expire before the 30th of June, and it's still too early to know yet whether there'll be another extension. Hopefully there will be, or uh, Singapore Airlines might change its policy, because at the moment it, it really is outfair and outda- unfair and outdated. And it's a huge disadvantage for Australians using what is otherwise an excellent loyalty program. But yeah, we'll see what happens over the next few months. Now, before I go, I also just wanted to let you know about the Qantas Wine Easter sale that's on this long weekend. Regular listeners to this podcast or readers of AFF will probably know that Qantas Wine bonus point offers are a great way to accumulate lots of Qantas points. I'm talking tens of thousands of points for quite a low cost and quickly because the points the points post within a few days generally. And so basically by buying Qantas uh, wine with the bonus point offer attached, you get the points at a low cost and you also get some quality wine to go with them, uh, depending on which way you look at it. Now this weekend, Qantas wine is also giving 20% off store wide. Now at the moment, uh, there aren't as many generous bonus point offers running concurrently with the 20% off sale as they, as you'd imagine, but there are still a few. For example, a case of six bottles of delicious heirloom Anivo Grenache Turiga Tempranillo 2019, I hope I pronounced that all correctly, would normally cost $432, and that case comes with 20,000 bonus Qantas points. Now, I happen to quite like that wine, but even if you didn't, uh, 20,000 Qantas points for $432 is a pretty good deal if you needed some extra points. Um, and if you consider, if you think about it, that 20,000 points is more than enough to book a Qantas Classic flight reward in business class from Sydney to Melbourne or Sydney to Brisbane or any other domestic route under 600 miles. And it's also more than enough for a return economy class trip on any of those routes, with some points left over, in fact. Now, with the 20% discount, it's now $345.55 for that case of six bottles of good red wine. And you still get the 20,000 bonus points. And that, that, mind you, is on top of the one point per dollar you get anyway with Qantas Wine, as well as any other bonus points you might get as a Qantas Wine Premium member or if you are a Qantas Business Rewards member. Plus, as the case is over $300, you'll get free delivery. So, if... Uh, 20,000 Qantas points in a case of six quality red wines for $345 sounds good to you. You might want to have a look at the current Qantas wine sale. And that brings me to the end of episode 57. Thanks again to my guest, Sam Heathfield, and thanks very much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, check out the episode notes. Here you'll also find a link to the AFF on Air discussion thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum where you're welcome to discuss the podcast or ask me a question to be answered in a future episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd take just a minute to review AFF On Air on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform to receive every episode as soon as it's released. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. And until then, safe travels. Safe travels.